Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Horizon West Church online and most importantly, happy Easter. We're so grateful that you're taking some time to be with us uh, virtually this morning. Um, Obviously, it's a little bit of a strange morning, but what an incredible thing to be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today. And how incredible to see our our choir, uh, both Horizon West Church and John Young Campus members uh, putting that video together. And and I hope you were blessed by that as I was. Um, I want to say right at the top, Uh, A word about my suit. Those of you that know me know that this is not my standard attire, especially on Sunday mornings. Um, This is what I wear for weddings and funerals more typically. Uh, But last Sunday, I said, hey, on Easter, maybe you want to take it up a notch. We've been wearing pajamas the last several Sundays, but it's Easter. So let's get dressed up and let's do it up. And so then I realized that I had probably needed to to go along and do the same thing. And so uh, don't let the suit throw you off this morning. We just want to recognize what a special day it is to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. The truth is Easter has very little or nothing to do with what you're wearing. Um, And honestly, it has very little to do with what you're feeling this morning. You may be feeling anxiety. You may be feeling discouragement. You may be feeling isolation. You may be feeling a lot of things. But what I hope this morning is for you is the first time maybe that you have believed something new and that you begin to act out of that belief. And so with that in mind, would you join me in a quick word of prayer as we begin this morning? God in heaven, we are a grateful people because we know that you sent your son to die in our place and we know that that grave is empty and that in Jesus' resurrection that we all have opportunity to follow him out of the grave of our own death, our sin, our despair, our depression, and follow you into life eternal. And God, I pray there would be someone, and maybe many someones this morning, even now on this Easter Sunday morning, who for the first time believe that there is a risen Savior named Jesus and put their trust in him. God, this is my prayer, and I join together with many who are praying the same thing at this very moment. Would your work and your will be done in our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was a strange time to be alive. Uh, The authorities were exercising their power in unprecedented ways. Followers of Jesus were sheltered in place for fear of what might happen if they went outside. Uh, The church was wrestling with daunting questions like, what do we do now and where do we go from here? If it sounds like I'm describing how historians may speak of our present reality in a few years, I'm not. I'm speaking rather of the situation that the first followers of Jesus found themselves in in on a Sunday morning in the late springtime nearly 2,000 years ago. Their teacher, the one they believed to be the deliverer sent from God, had been betrayed and crucified just three days earlier. They had followed him for three years, but now there was no more plan. There was no more blueprint. Things look bleak for tomorrow. And yet, as that small band of dejected disciples huddled together early that Sunday morning, something was happening just outside their door. A woman, passionate and breathless, was on her way to meet them, and the message she came to tell them would change everything. But before we get to that, let me tell you a word about the person who it was bringing that message on that first Easter Sunday morning. Her name was Mary, 
And because Mary was the most common name of women in the first century in this part of the world, we are, uh, we are given the additional fact about her that her name is Mary Magdalene, which means that she grew up in a small fishing town on the Sea of Galilee called Magdala. Luke tells us that Jesus had earlier in her life driven out seven demons from her. This could mean that there were literally seven spirits possessing her, uh, holding her in bondage, or it could mean that she was just completely in bondage. Seven, biblically, is the number for completion. Either way, the point is this woman had a dark past, and she, like many of you watching this morning, had found freedom and healing in Jesus. Interestingly enough, Mary is also always named first among the women who followed Jesus, this Mary Magdalene. Uh, Similar to the way Peter's named first among the male disciples, Mary held an equal status among Jesus's female followers. And no, she was not married to Jesus, as some have suggested, but rather she had been transformed by the ministry, the teaching, the love, the compassion, and the transforming power of Christ. Now, I don't know what Mary experienced, but it's highly likely that as she is in bondage to these spirits of oppression and darkness, that that Mary may have been someone who at some point earlier in her life had been abused, maybe even assaulted, most probably abandoned by people. Maybe some of you can relate to some of those same experiences in your life, and Jesus set her free. Now, not only was Mary traumatized by these earlier experiences in her life, but just in the past few days, she has witnessed her best friend, her teacher, her Messiah, be uh, betrayed, be beaten, be wrongfully accused, be turned over to a Roman cross, be crucified. She was a firsthand witness to all of that. Mary is a broken woman. And yet this morning, we're going to see three stages of Mary's experience that ultimately lead to the experience of resurrection. And I have to tell you that these same three stages of resurrection have played themselves out in my life, played themselves out in the lives of many who are watching this morning, and we pray and we hope will play themselves out in your life as well. The first stage is this, a profound grief. Let me ask you, where would you turn if the only person who had ever truly cared for you had been taken from you? Where would you turn in that moment? Let me take you to the Bible, John chapter 20. John is the fourth of the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus in the New Testament. And it begins this way, John 20 verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white standing where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. This word weeping is the strongest possible term that scripture could give us for what Mary was experiencing emotionally. That word weeping to me conveys shaking and swollen eyes and nose running and just broken by her grief that her Lord has been crucified. And not only that he's been crucified and laid in a tomb, but it's even worse than that. Now she can't find where he is. Someone, in her view, has taken the body of Jesus. Well, like me, many of you have had this strange experience over the last several weeks of going to the grocery store to find something, maybe bread or toilet paper or eggs or whatever it may be. 
and you go to the place where you expect those things to be, and they're not there. You expect when, when you go down the toilet paper aisle, you're going to find toilet paper. You expect when you're going down the bottled water aisle that you're going to find bottled water. When you go to a grocery store, you very simply expect to find groceries. And when you go to the grave of a deceased loved one, you expect to find the deceased there. Dead bodies don't move. And yet, having been to the tomb earlier that morning, Mary had discovered that Jesus' body was no longer there. And she was dealing with a profound grief. What Mary found instead of Jesus was two men dressed in white, sitting where Jesus' body had been laid. And it says these were angels, but I've got to believe that Mary didn't know that they were angels. You ask, how is that possible, Chris? Well, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. In other words, it's possible to have an interaction with an angelic being and not even realize it. And this is what Mary is experiencing in the moment. And so she says, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. It wasn't enough that the authorities had killed Jesus. Now they have moved his corpse. They have tampered with a dead body, and they have hidden it from Mary and the other followers of Jesus. At least that's what Mary thought. And it brought a profound grief. The truth is this morning, grief is a universal language. And unfortunately, it does not take a day off so that we can deal with things like global pandemics. If your marriage was struggling before this virus, guess what? It's probably still struggling. If you lost a loved one in the past few weeks or months, that loved one is still gone. If your child was running 100 miles an hour away from God, chances are that person is still going in that direction. And if you were dealing with health issues before, you may still be dealing with those health issues. If you were drowning in financial anxieties before, you may still be drowning in those financial anxieties, and it may even be worse. Grief doesn't take a day off. And yet there is good news. This grieving, this dying, or what we might say this brokenness is actually the first stage in experiencing resurrection. Here's the second stage that Mary passed through in the passage a shocking discovery. Continue reading with me in John 20, verse 14. Having said this, Mary turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I, I want to look at the most obvious thing in the passage first, and it is this. Why didn't Mary recognize Jesus? Well, I've got some theories. One is that it's probably after sunrise, shortly after sunrise, which means the sun is kind of coming up in the sky. We know Mary is stooped over the tomb. Jesus is standing above her. And could it be that as she's looking at Jesus, she's blinded by the sunlight being positioned where it is? Not only that, but as I told you before, she has been weeping. She's probably got swollen eyes filled with tears. She doesn't understand. And beyond that, who would expect that the person they saw die was the person standing behind them. She did not know to be looking for it. And Jesus asks her two questions. And these are profound questions that I believe God wants you to wrestle with and even find answers to this morning. 
The first question is, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? To me, that question from Jesus to his dear friend Mary conveys something very profound and yet simple. Jesus cares about the things that are hurting us. He's not aloof to them. He's not distant and standing far off and, and, and just every once in a while entering our reality, but Jesus lives in the midst of it. He cares about what hurts us. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 56, 8, that God keeps a written record of our tears. He was there then with Mary. He is here now with us. The second question he asks Mary, whom are you seeking? Translation for us might be, where are you looking to ease the pain in your life? Where are you looking to fill the void? Well, I know some in this COVID-19 season are going to look to the fridge or to the pantry. Guilty as charged. We've all been there the last few weeks. Some are going to look to a bottle or to pills or some other uh, drug or substance to medicate. And some will look to a political or medical Messiah who can save the planet. But as for me and my house, we're going to look to Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who walked out of his own grave and then laid death in it. Jesus alone has overcome death. I love what he says in this verse, in in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 15, maybe 16. Verse 16, he says to her, Mary. One word, one name, Mary. And suddenly it becomes clear that Jesus' body has not been removed, but it's been resurrected by the power of God. The moment that Mary realizes that Jesus is alive, is the moment he calls her by name. And I believe it's more than just that he knew her name. I mean, Peter or John or James or one of the other male disciples could have been at the tomb and said to her, hey, Mary, I think it was more than that this person knew her name. I think it was the way this person, Jesus, said her name. I think it was the tenderness, the compassion, the familiarity with which he said it. I have a question for you this morning. Have you experienced Jesus calling you by name? Now, I don't necessarily mean in an audible way. I've never had that experience. But I can tell you there was a time when I was 15 years old and a friend encouraged me to read the Gospel of John, the same book out of which we're reading this morning. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, I read these words. The thief, the enemy, the devil, comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. In that moment, friends, it was as if I read the words this way. I have come that you, Chris, may have life and have it to the fullest. And that moment changed the rest of my days. That moment I heard Jesus in a spiritual but very real sense calling me by name and it changed everything. Because as shocking as it is for someone to raise from the dead, it was equally shocking to me as a 15-year-old in between 9th and 10th grade student to realize for the first time that the creator of the universe knew my name, cared about my name, and even called me by name. In fact, in just a few moments, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus calling you by name. I fully believe because I know my God and how he works, and I know the prayers of saints all over the world at this moment, I believe there's going to be someone and maybe many people this morning in just a few moments who are going to say, yes, I hear Jesus calling my name, and today I want to respond. Let me read the last two verses, 17 and 18, and show you the third stage that Mary passes through that we also will pass through on our way to resurrection. 
Verse 17, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. The third stage in Mary's walk through the experience of resurrection is an all-consuming mission. Now, please don't miss the fact that the first person entrusted with the good news of Jesus' resurrection was a woman with a dark and sketchy past. That's not an accident. And when Scripture says that she went to the disciples, I, I think what it's conveying is a little more than that. I think she ran. I think she sprinted. I think she made a mad dash for the disciples. I don't think she took the scenic route through the garden or around the Sea of Galilee. I don't think she stopped by the market to get food. She was overwhelmed with an all-consuming mission. I must tell people what I have seen. Because when you have a message this good, you got to tell someone and you got to do it immediately. You may have seen earlier in this message to my left, maybe on your right here, uh, something that we call the Gospel Conversation Board. This is something that if you're a Horizon West Church member and you have been before all of this, you've seen this before, you know what this is, but let me explain it to those who may not. This board, this gospel conversation wall, represents a thousand conversations that we believe God has called us to have with people in our community, people who don't yet know Jesus as their Savior. And as you can see, there are already several missing and what I believe is that as we pass through this difficult season together with our community and our world, there's many of you that are having dozens and dozens more conversations with people offering the hope of new life in Jesus. And so beginning next week, we're going to have the chance to continue to have this with us. And if you'll let me know about these gospel conversations you're having, I'm going to start pulling pins off the board for you so that when we get back together in person, and we will, there's going to be a whole lot less pins on that board. And those missing pins will represent, represent more people, new people who have heard the good news of Jesus. In fact, I want to give you a way to do that. If you would, uh, if you would actually go to the link horizonwestchurch.com slash share, horizonwestchurch.com slash share, and you will let me know about these conversations. I'd love to represent on your behalf by pulling them off the wall beginning next week. Friends, this sharing of the good news of Jesus' resurrection is not a reason that we exist. The sharing of the good news of Jesus' resurrection is the reason the church exists. I want to close by giving an invitation, an opportunity to those who have been watching with us who maybe your heart's been pounding a little bit. Maybe you felt the awkwardness of going, man, I'm sitting in a living room with family or with friends and, and, and it feels a little bit casual and yet I feel like for the first time God is calling me by name and I need to respond and I want to give you a chance to do just that. In fact, in just a second, I'm going to walk you through a prayer of response that will help you take your heart before Jesus and surrender it to him. And for those of you that know Jesus, those who are followers of Christ, I want to ask in this moment, in these next moments, that you would pray for those who are about to respond in their homes, in their living rooms, at their kitchen tables. Pray that the Spirit of God would work in a mighty way to draw them to himself. Friends, if you need to know Jesus, if you need to lay hold of salvation this morning, would you pray this prayer? I'll say the words, you say them after me. God in heaven, I believe you created me to know you. 
I believe you have called me by name. And I believe that your son, Jesus, was crucified and raised to life. That I might be forgiven. That I might experience relationship with you as you intended from the beginning. This moment, I lay down my sin at the cross. This moment, I surrender my life to you for your purposes and for your glory. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me by the power and by the blood of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to something. We want to know about that. We want to know so we can pray with and for you and also so that we can follow up with you because the reality is when you surrender your life to Jesus, that's not the end of your story. It's the very beginning. Jesus' resurrection was not the end of the story of God's redemptive work. It was really, in a lot of ways, the very beginning and we want to know so we can connect with you. In just a moment, you're going to hear from Shirley again and she's going to show you through a connect card and through a text uh, avenue how you can let us know that you for the first time submitted and surrendered your life to Jesus. And we want you to find a church. Maybe that's Horizon West Church. Maybe that's our John Young Campus, First Baptist Orlando. Or maybe it's somewhere where you are that isn't here, but that you would find a church that preaches the resurrection of Jesus and that you would connect with them going forward. So with that, I want to encourage you. We're going to sing a song called Living Hope. And it is the anthem of our faith that we have a living hope in Christ. This is your opportunity. If you need to surrender to Jesus, do it. And everyone else, let's worship our God as they do. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.